0: Mm-hmm. di ko kasi kontrolado ang ako, ako rin, Pero ngayon, with, with deep action and back, down best ever kon It's my on sunshine.
1: Right now, it could seem like the only people who matter are the loudest. Those who want to tear things down and then fly away on their own personal spaceships when things get hard. But we've got 182,000 people. And they're building. Big things. New things. Things that will change the way we do things. Assembling more vehicles in the U.S. than any other automaker things. $50 billion committed to electric vehicle things.
0: And you might not know their names, but these people get up every day working together to move us all forward.
1: and good morning and welcome to women who rock
0: with success media we will be talking about communications on today and we have a wonderful and amazing guest that's in the the studio today it's going to be able to help us uh, uh you know and teach us about communication because that's very very important many times when we're on our jobs and what have you and sometimes on resumes and sometimes when we're submitting paperwork and what have you sometimes people will trash our information due to the fact that our communication strategies are not in protocol so our guest is going to be able to help us to be able to learn a little bit more about that and then we're going to go into her book and she's going to tell us about her book that you can be able to uh have an option to be able to purchase and then she can be able to take you a little bit further deeper after the show so good morning karen and welcome to the show karen Louse, i'm sorry
1: Good morning, wonderful to be here.
0: Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you and why you felt that communications was one of the elements that was very, very important in the corporate um, uh, world and the business world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is critical. I I think about the fact that expectations and assumptions are one of the biggest things that happen (laughs) that get in the way. And a huge part of that is Clear communication mm-hmm. and having communication in the first place. So <laughs> let's be honest. So I'm originally a little bit about me personally. I'm originally from Minneapolis, but I always had a dream to move to San Francisco. Okay. So I moved to San Francisco back in the mid 90s and threw a bunch of stuff in the back of my car, drove cross country, landed here, and I never left. So I've always been a follower of dreams and really going after what I want. And one thing that is a little fun fact about me that when I was six years old, my dad taught me how to negotiate at flea markets. He gave me a few dollars and he said, have fun, but never take full or never take full price or pay full price. Uh And that really taught me a lot as a young girl to ask for what I want. So that's a little bit about where that negotiation component comes from. And he really taught me the value of persistence and determination to go after what you want. Now, I started my career in human resources with The Gap, Wells Fargo, Gensler Architecture, but the last probably most of my career was spent with a wonderful company called Decker Communications, where I really learned the art of executive presence as well as storytelling and messaging. And that is my expertise and my, I would say my passion, but there's an even deeper passion, which is what brings me here today, which is that I left that corporate job in July of 2020 Mm -hmm. to focus on my mission and dream of reaching 10 million women in the next 10 years, specifically to overcome self-doubt and speak up with confidence. In the boardroom in meetings in negotiations in everyday communication to be able to ask for what they want and get it so Mm -hmm. i've been having the time of my life the last couple of years it's been quite a ride it's been really exhilarating it's been really exhausting as you know and others listening especially as entrepreneurs or business owners or even if you're an individual contributor in an organization these life has a lot of ups and downs and the navigation around that is so important. And that's why clear communication is so critical to me because Mm -hmm. the truth is it took me too long to find my voice. And Mm -hmm. once I finally did, I realized, oh my gosh, this is so (laughs) exciting and freeing. And I want everybody to be free as well so that we're not stuck in those moments of people pleasing and feeling like we're not going to say anything because we don't want to rock the boat or we don't want to be judged. Right. So those are some of the things that really are, I know that was a big question, maybe that's a big, right. that's big question, big answer, right. lots of things there that that come out of it. And that's what I'm most passionate about though, is is reaching those women so that we can all take our seat at the table.
0: Right. So you spoke about uh, asking what you want. So now we want to clarify that a little bit further because uh, uh, you know sometimes people are like okay, I want to ask for a raise or what have you but it's a specific way how do you how you ask for a raise and how do you come off to your boss and your supervisor um, yeah. or a stakeholder if, if whatever the the, the uh, specific uh, uh, thing that you're requesting. So talk to us a little bit about that meaning asking what you want because sometimes there can be challenges as to how to be able to collaborate, communicate, convey your message over to someone. And sometimes fear can play a big, huge factor, especially with women in corporate America positions.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, and I get it. And I'll share a story with you that probably wasted about eight months of my life. So (laughs) I was in a leadership role at my company in the past. Mm -hmm. And I was asked to be on this formal leadership team. And I thought, ooh, this is so exciting. Like, of course. And my boss was the president of the company. And when I realized everybody else on the team was a director level or above, and I was a senior manager, I thought, well, I want to be a director or above. So what I did, which was my mistake, is I made a passive ask. I said to her something like, so everybody else is director or above. Uh, what does that mean for me? And, and she said, well, yeah, 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 we'll have to figure that out. She, she was very nice about it. And I had a great relationship with her but she was busy. So she didn't, it wasn't really on her radar or so I thought it was, but it clearly wasn't because I'll tell you what happened. Eight months later at my review, I was thinking, well, surely now I'm going to be promoted. I had already been on the leadership team at that point and contributing. And she could tell at the end of the interview, or excuse me, at the end of the review, because I hadn't gotten promoted, she could tell that I was disappointed for some reason, but she didn't know why. And she said, something's wrong like what's going on and I said well I thought I was going to be promoted and she said really <laughs> she didn't even remember that conversation what? Okay. and yeah busy p- person I, I can understand it was a long time prior but here's what I would have done differently I would have first asked directly I would have said Kelly I would really like to be on the leadership excuse me I would really like to be a director. Mm-hmm. What will it take for me to get there? Can we create a plan to make that happen in the next six months? Now, granted, I did have a good relationship with her. I recognize that not everybody could be that direct, but the difference between, um, so what does that mean for me? Mm. Is not a way to claim your seat at the table. Right. We've got to be clear. And in the case where, in general, when you're making an ask, it is so important to think about what is the benefit to the audience that you're speaking to. I wish that I had thought more about it rather than it at that time really being more of a selfish ask. I was just ready. I had been in the senior management role for a long time. I wish that I had also said, hey, here's where I can add more value in that role and how that contributes to the end goal of the company's objectives. So when you're making that ask to me, the formula is you number one, got to decide what you want, and then be, think about why would your audience care? <laughs> What's in it for them? what How could you create a need, whether it's an, an observe, a known need or not, create a need and then you show how you can fill that need. And of course, tone and body language are a big part of this too. We want to come across with that balance of likability and also credibility in the way that we speak with our voice and the way that we show up. So we don't look as if we're, I don't know, not like we're whining in the corporate world, but you don't want to look like, well, can I please have it? That's kind of how I came across. I, 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 I don't think I was whining, but I came across very passive.
0: Okay, so basically, if you would have uh, went and and approached the supervisor and perhaps maybe would have just got straight to, I'll say the meat and potatoes, or conveyed the message over clear and of clarity, you perhaps maybe would have gotten a different response, perhaps maybe not the response, but a different response
1: yes exactly and i would have known that i had honored myself in asking directly Mm -hmm. because as you know it's it's vulnerable to make an ask like that because you could you could hear no and that's Mm -hmm. scary Mm -hmm. and none of us want rejection (laughs) right right. and but then
0: too you don't want to think that even you feel more confident if you approach even though if the answer is no, you still you still would have felt more confident if you would have went went to and approached the supervisor with the correct sentences, correct words, correct topic, correct subject or what have you, versus you didn't, and then you still got no.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is so true because we I, I would say we all want to know that we gave it our best shot. Right. Okay. And-
0: mm-hmm. Go and- ahead, go ahead, go ahead and finish.
1: I I was just going to say that the the key to me is knowing that you've honored yourself, you have asked, you've asked directly, and at least you put it out there. And once you do that, even if you get a no, it gets easier every time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That that sounds great. That sounds so great. So now you help men and women. Yes. Absolutely, so I do. Men and women to be able to communicate, convey the message. So when you, when when it's time for you to go out on the stage, your speaker, of course, as well. Uh, you know, you 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 have your I'm pretty sure TEDx speaker of, uh moments and what have you, where you have uh, those types of platforms as well. So now when you go out, like I um uh, I think we were stating last week, sometimes people go out and they say, well, it's about the image, versus. About the message. So, what is the message that you expect your audience to take away from you after you have, you know, even before you go on the stage? Well, I got this, you know, I got probably about two or three hundred people in the out here in the audience. What is it that I want them to grasp from me, from my message on today? Or just in general, when you get before the people, because like I stated before, Karen, and I tell a lot of my guests this, that, you know, that are on the platform that has, you know, coaching or or consulting businesses, sometimes people is just out there for the, basically for their brand and for their image. Some people want them to take away something else from the table too, when they leave and what have you. And that's what causes the person to go back and say, look, I'm gonna type in and I'm gonna look at I'm going look to look a little bit more and see what Karen Louse is all about, because it's something that she brought forth in her communication and through her message that interests me. So I can be able to continue to be able to um, glean, if that's, the, you know, if we can use that word, from whatever it is that she was trying to tell us. And then I can be able to glean more even after this speaking. So what is it, some of the takeaways that you expect your audience to retrieve from you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll share the one problem that I solve that I want everybody to walk away with. Okay. And that is to speak up and do it with confidence mm-hmm. so that you're not missing any more opportunities. Okay. And the strategies specifically for that, because that alone sounds great, but without practical strategies, people would leave going, well, what does that mean? That's right. So I, I will give you three tips that I would recommend that, or I shouldn't say I would recommend that that I would hope that people would use and certainly walk away with. Mm -hmm. So one of those is how to stop rambling and get to the point. (laughs) And I have to say as a recovering rambler myself, this one happens a lot to people. I'm amazed at how many people just start talking and they don't think about their point. Right. one of the ways i recommend doing this the strategy is to think first notice that i'm rambling okay right. i'm rambling that is first step as they say change is the first step right. or awareness is the first step to change right. so noticing that they're rambling and then pause and say out loud and my point is this okay. that's the biggest recommendation that i could offer because not only does it allow you to focus it allows your audience to realize, oh, okay, she has a point. Uh-huh. So you're both, you're both recalibrating and getting back on track. Uh-huh. So that's one element. And then one other tip is to speak first. Uh-huh. We all know those moments when you're on meetings and the, the facilitator says something like, okay, everybody, so who wants to go first? Who wants to jump in? And then there's crickets. Uh-huh. And if you're the one that speaks first, you're going to be seen as a leader. You're going to get it out of the way. So you don't have to have, first of all, wondering, Oh, I wish I had said something. Oh, everybody else is saying my ideas. I wish I had said something first Mm -hmm. and, and, or, you know, that anxiety, but also the fact that you're not going to have to come up with something new to say Mm -hmm. after five other people have spoken, it just makes your life easier. Right. And The third one that I would say is for those people working on speaking up is to say, here's my vote. And I'll give you a story about this. Okay. When I was in corporate, I would often come to the table with the research, with the leadership team, come forward and say, and these are my peers on the executive team. So coming forward, okay, here's what I've looked at. Here are some options. What do you all think? And one time my boss, who was my greatest challenger and also my greatest cheerleader, she said, Karen, I wanna know what you think. And that just shocked me because I grew up really believing that I didn't have an opinion. She had confidence in you. Exactly. And it was such a powerful question. So that was a lesson for me that I realized, you know, I do that a lot. I don't say what I think, and a way to do that, that I have found to be very diplomatic is to say, here's my vote, because not only is it diplomatic, but it's also direct and saying it first, although it felt scary when I started doing this, once I did it, I got more confident and I didn't care as much about if my vote was unpopular or if my vote would rock the boat. And that's where I want everybody to get to, to get to this point where you don't have this doubt hindering you from holding back your brilliance. So those are three of the tips that come out of my talk. But I will tell you on a more blanketed statement, just to give a big picture, I focus on presence and that includes your voice and how to speak specifically through vocal variety and volume and making sure that you come across as engaging. Mm -hmm. And then I also speak on messaging and storytelling. But I wanted to give you some specific tips because I think it's really important to give those practical strategies. And that is the thing that everybody says after hearing my talks that, that I have learned that that differentiates me, that I give people very specific tips. And it's the same thing in my book. I wanted to write a book that I would actually read. And I don't like fluff, I'm a no-nonsense person. I like to get to the point and give me the meat. What is it that's gonna actually help me do my job better and show up as more influential?
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, Karen, uh, one of my favorite authors was, um, and didn't know until last year that, I mean, didn't know until a couple of months ago that she had actually passed away and it was Mary Higgins Clark. And oh, so, one of the yeah. things that I always loved, and I guess I continue to read her books as well, is that when you read the first page, she hooks you straight in. So, that's what made me think about that, get straight to the point. And that's what she does. Now, you may not know the who did it until later on, but she gets straight to the point at the beginning of her storytelling. And so I think that is so very, very important. Like I said, I love her and things, I just love the way she writes and what have you. And I think that is just uh, very, very important. So we're gonna get into your book in just a little bit, but we wanna um, also uh, talk about the fact that, uh, you know, we have speakers all over the world. People travel from the United States to other um, 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 states and other countries and what have you. oh, I got this you know speaking gig that's coming up and so but we know that COVID, has came in and has caused perhaps maybe um, some some detouring or modifications as to how people speak. So we want you to be able to also talk to coaches and speak to coaches on that behalf as well as to how they can can continue to perfect their message, even though it's virtual. We had a um, a guest um, I think was on the show. She was on here back in July, and so she said, you know. People is telling me, oh, look, I'm going over here. She said, all I have to do is sit behind the computer and I still make my six, seven digit annual income just sitting behind the computer. Some people may not be that successful to be able to do that. So we want to kind of talk about that too, if that was uh, something that you uh, could be able to uh, elaborate on for the audience as to, you know, even though some things have modified since COVID. You know, people are kind of weary about, you know, being in public and what have you. We know that the president had a and and the vice president had a, a huge um outside gathering back here. Um I think that was probably about a couple of months ago. And I think that's how he contracted COVID and some more people that was there present too. So we want to take the fear off of speakers and also be able to help them to be more confident, even though they may have to be at home to be able to do virtual speaking as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's a huge part that was a huge part of my role even before COVID happened, actually. So I used to teach people specifically on virtual and now it's just become more real. So let me give you a a quick example of what happened yesterday, very, very fresh. And it was a reminder and I thought I got to talk about this more. (laughs) So It was a woman who was leading a a presentation that was also going to be a discussion. And there were about about 20 of us on the call. And she said, I'm gonna start and do my talk here. And if you could just hold your questions to the end, that would be great. So fine, that's a, a good ask. It's setting expectations up front. but here is what I noticed is the problem. And a lot of people do this. They don't allow for interaction. As soon as you set something up that says, hold your questions, hold anything till the end, people tend to get passive all of a sudden. And suddenly they become in this student teacher mode as opposed to facilitator and rich discussion. And I found myself tuning out as well. So keep in mind, for those of you that are on virtual, make it interactive, start at the beginning and ask even as people are coming into the room, drop in the chat hey, what are you most grateful for today? Or a a random question, it doesn't even have to be related to the topic. What I often do is I will ask people, hey, as we're waiting for people to come in, why doesn't everybody just either share in the chat or share out loud, what do you most want to get from my talk today? Why did you come here today? So starting that interaction right from the beginning is really key and it creates this conversational feel Mm-hmm. And more people are going to be a lot more engaged if you do that. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing more mechanics wise, and I think most people have got this down, but I still see quite a few people looking elsewhere okay. on the camera. So for example, like you and I right now are looking right at the webcam. So it feels like you're looking right at me and hopefully it feels like I'm looking right at you too. Absolutely. Good. That's I'm modeling what I teach. <laughs> but a lot of people, you know, we're tempted to look at ourselves. So, like maybe I'm in the screen down there, and I know perhaps some people are listening to this, and maybe you're not. Not everybody's watching this, but you can see. For those of you seeing it, I'm looking down at the corner of the screen, but that's where I'm more comfortable. Because I want to look at either, let's say your face is down there or my face. We are wired for connection. So from an eye contact perspective, look at the webcam. And Mm -hmm. and the truth is, if we're getting really nuanced at this, you want to look about an inch and a half below the webcam. Otherwise it can look like you're looking above the person. Mm -hmm. So these simple things can make such a big difference. And remembering also to have some facial expression and some vocal variety on your calls. Right. Because unfortunately with the, the Zoom component, as much as it's really fabulous, it's not the same as in person, but we need to almost over exaggerate mm-hmm. our facial expressions, our, our voice so that people can really hear us. Right. And it takes a lot more to be engaging in a virtual meeting
0: right absolutely i mean that was some of my challenges at first when i first started doing podcasting and things like that i would ask the question get straight to the point you can't do that you have to allow them to because people be wanting to feel you know what they're engaging in they want to be able to feel welcome they want to try to you know because now i was invited to a podcast one time myself and this host. She was, there were some tough questions that I could not get even over the hump. And I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. I'm not going to, don't, don't call it, XP to come on your show no more because I'm not going to do it because sometimes as you stated, we have to be interactive. We have to engage. And that's what I try to do, you know, with, uh, you know, we 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 learn, we live, and we learn, and then we learn from experiences. And so today, especially with Zoom, I think uh, I, I think I kind of went through the same challenge And, and I invited this individual back um, uh, to be, and she was like, "Oh, thank you so much for the invite, but I think I'll pass on the next one and what have you, because." people are looking for engagement. They're looking for your smiles. They're looking for your, 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 your interaction. How are you going to be able to respond to them? How are you going to be cheerful? Are you going to sit there and, and act as if you're a newscaster or something like that on, on Bloomberg TV or something? They don't want to hear that. They want to be, especially women. We are more emotional than men are. Just yeah. We're a, we're a little bit more emotional. And sometimes before people get onto a show or a, a video cast or something like that, you don't know what they've gone through before they've you know, gotten onto the show. So when they get on the show, sometimes that brightens them up, make them more happy, make, make them feel more confident. And so if you leave them... You know i guess with the old saying used to go high and dry they're like oh no i'm not coming i'm not going to deal with you anymore just i'll pass on that one and so just like i said it was a learning experience and then here comes the degree that i you know we talked about last week when i got into the to the um bachelors of science in communication and that just blew my world right there i'm like okay then so now i see where a lot of the errors were and then you have an opportunity you know of course to correct that so you know that's like you said before too if you're busy and so i we we did one i think back here about two weeks ago and what have you on a different type of platform and it was people was fumbling around and so that's the reason why i tried my best not to have the, the the screen filled with a lot of people because it especially when you're posting it the publishing the uh, the content on professional platforms, other people are going to see that too, and yes. so it's going to say a lot about the host and the person that is presenting the actual um, event itself. So it's, it's it's a lot to learn from that, and so looking down and trying to see what time it is, and looking at this right here, and looking and it's okay to you know blink for just a little bit, but you don't need to blink too long. So that makes a. <laughs> That 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 you can't do that.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, and that reminded me too. For those people listening that need notes, which is totally logical. Mm-hmm. One thing you can do is to I I love the post-it method where you just have key words on the post-its, and the one of the beautiful things about Zoom is that you can put those post-it notes all along your computer, yeah. So that you're at least looking up, and you're not looking down. Right. right. When you do need to look down pause so you're not talking at the table right and that's hard for most of us because we feel uncomfortable with silence but if we can take that time to pause while we gather our thoughts and look down at our notes that's a perfect opportunity to create space for the audience because that actually creates more vocal variety and when right. whether that's virtual or in person when we pause we show control and when a person is showing control, they look more like a leader. And when we're listening to someone that shows control through pausing, we naturally want to keep listening to them because their credibility increases.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So briefly, we want, uh, uh, Karen, for you to be able to share with the audience a little bit of your initial intake. So we want the audience to learn about your consulting as to how you, you know, because that's what we ask a lot of our coaches that appear on the show as to uh, what are some of the initial intakes that you do. You know, a lot of times individuals will sit down with their um, with their um, clients, and they will go in there and they'll do like a you know, let's you know a like, um, consultation. Uh, On mutual intake, where they'll ask some questions or, or, you know, just to make sure that they're a good match. And so we want to talk about that as to your brand, as to how you are helping millions all over the world, as to how to communicate better with their message.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, the first question that I ask is always, what would be most helpful? Well, Well, let's take a step back. Yes we're on the let's assume we're on this discovery call or intake call where we're yes like you said and the first question to me is what would be most helpful to you during this call and how do you think i could be of service to you so when i start with either one or two of sometimes i'll i'll change those out but the main objective here is to start with where the person is at mm-hmm. what do you want from this call, and I start even with this actual call. And then we talk a little bit more about their goals. What do you want to achieve? And how does it, what, you know, what would it, would it make sense for us to work together? I'm a big believer in fit. You said it already, fit. I am not trying to win over every single person. To me, that is not the way to do it. It's listening to them, figuring out what do they actually need, And then saying, okay, I'm confident I could help you with that. Or, wow, it looks like this might be, you might be better served by one of my colleagues. I'd love to introduce you to that person. So that's the way that I look at it. And I always tell people chemistry is so important Uh that if I always recommend, even if I'd love to work with them, that they interview one or two other people as coaches, Find, get an idea of what are people doing out there? What package works for you? And I also, even though I have packages that are standard, I always love to customize if somebody feels like, oh, I don't know if that would work for me as much or Mm -hmm. let's try something else. So I love that creative process of co-collaboration with the client as well. Now, a lot of times people don't know what the process is. So they're just looking to me for direction, which I understand because I always tell people, the way that I work with people is through two philo- two lenses. My philosophy is coaching and consulting, a little bit of both. And to me, what coaching means is asking the right questions to facilitate the person's process, that, trusting that they have the answers inside. From a consultant perspective, sometimes you just want an expert to tell you what to do. I have been doing this communication component here for many, many years. And so I know what engages an audience. I know how to hook someone. I know how to help somebody tell a good story. So those things, sometimes people just want a formula and they'll say, just give me something. And that's usually how I approach it. And then from there, we I ask more questions and then pretty much dive straight into video recording. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I go straight into the, let's record you and let's watch it back and see how you're doing with your presence and your message as well.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So lastly, we want to, of course, talk about your book, Trust Your Own Voice. (laughs) I'm like, So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the purpose of the topic. Why did you choose that topic? And then we want to talk about some of the takeaways that you want your readers to also grasp from your book.
1: Great. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yes, it's called Trust Your Own Voice. And the subtitle is Growing Your Influence Through Confident Communication. Okay. And I feel like this begs the story. So I was always wondering why do people hire ghostwriters? Why wouldn't you just write the book yourself? (laughs) And, And so I say that as a person who actually ended up initially hiring a ghostwriter, but he was a disaster. The story was terrible, but it taught me something. When I got his first draft back, I thought, you know what? Nobody cares about me. We care about ourselves. I don't want to tell this long story about my life. What I want to do, I just had this epiphany. My readers and the people that I serve are sophisticated business people. I want a guidebook. So nine of my 10 chapters are Self-contained, specifically very practical strategies on how to speak specifically with your voice, the mechanics around voice, the mechanics around leadership presence. What does that actually look like? Or how to set boundaries, how to have any conversation, especially that some of those difficult ones. I give some sentence prompts around that. But the first chapter is my story of the mixed messages that I received as a kid and how that contributed to my life being very confident and successful in the corporate world. And yet still for many years, feeling like my voice wasn't valuable and that I wasn't good enough. So that's the premise of the book. I'm so glad that I had that experience with the ghostwriter, even though he was pretty bad. I'm so glad that I had the experience to go. I do need to trust my own voice because that's what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. That. Night, no, the next day, I am driving to the gym and I was so mad. And I thought, I can't believe he didn't even get the point of my book. And then I had to turn it around to myself and I had to say, Karen, what is the point of your book? And that's when I realized it's trust your own voice, it's trust your own voice, not everybody else. I was always looking for permission to speak, I was always looking to everybody else, thinking they knew better than me. And I realized that's what I need to convey and give people specific tips on how to do that. So that's what my book is all about. Three of the tips that I gave earlier are also in my book that how to stop rambling and get to the point, for example, which is one of my favorites, Uh but really looking at how do you want to show up in the world? Even from a personal brand perspective, how are you communicating a message through your facial expressions, your gestures, but also your tone of voice. Right. These are things we, we know are important, but most of us don't exactly know how. And that, that to me is one of the key components. And so I'll, I'll share one vocal tip that I see a lot, it happens in men and women. Okay. But what I will tell you, I see it more prominent in women. Okay. And this is that concept of up-speak. Where we, it's a slang term for when we say a statement with a question mark. And a lot of times this happens with our names. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'll give you just a quick two options here. Here's one option of my quick intro. Hi, I'm Karen Laus and I'm originally from Minneapolis, but now I live in San Francisco. Versus option two. Hi, I'm Karen Laus. I'm originally from Minneapolis, but now I live in San Francisco. Okay. So so all things, <laughs> what do you think which is better
0: well two, two i mean both of them but two two was more
1: relaxed interesting yes and and you know what's fascinating that's what i love about communication is that most people don't really take time to break down the mechanics but they just get an impression mm-hmm. they go oh eh, like maybe she was friendly and all of that in the first mm-hmm. one but I would I would venture to say that in the second one, I was actually punctuating my sentences, putting periods at the end of those statements so that it sounds even more credible. Wow. And I see this in intros all the time. They become one drawn out long sentence. And it might sound silly, Diane, but it's amazing how many teams, I was thinking about this big corporation that I worked for, or as a client, <laughs> sometimes... I, what I'll do is I'll work with teams to present to executives. So I work with them for six months and believe it or not, the day before they go up to present one of the biggest things that we end up working on is everybody saying their name with a period. Because most people get up on stage and they go, I'm John Smith. I'm Karen Louse. I'm so-and-so as opposed to I'm Karen Louse. I'm John Smith. I always say, you've got to act as if you know, do you know what your name is? Or are you wondering what your name is? So speaking with conviction and all it's doing is punctuating, just like in an email. You don't think twice about putting a period and a comma and what what have you in an email when you write, but we generally don't punctuate in the written word. And that's why it's so awkward for people most of the time, because it's a learned behavior. We feel like we just need to end our sentences with a question mark. And then it sounds like we don't know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's why if all we do is put a period at the end of our sentences, we are going to sound much more credible, much more intelligent, and we're going to sound like a leader that people want to follow.
0: Absolutely absolutely because one of the things that you had stated Karen, is about you know at first you you know kind of you know you know who am I basically I'm gonna paraphrase it kind of who am I? I didn't have the confidence that I needed. And then after after a period you know of time and people began to ask you, hey, what is this? Let me ask you for your for your insight on this and that built confidence not just in you but in them as well. And so, and I think that's a that's a, a bridge gap where we can say, this is where I was, but look where I am now and look what how I'm teaching others, you know, and and, and it was totally different how you say it, I'm Karen Louse. Then you put the period on it, I'm Karen Louse. And so it makes yes. an entire difference as to how we speak, how we communicate and how we convey. It. So Karen, thank you so much for being with us on today but we do not want you to be able to leave the show without sharing with our audience as to how they can be able to find you on social media platforms. If you care to share that, your website links, show them where they can be able to um, find your book that uh, in any other publications. And then also you can be able to um, share uh, as to some of the other um, work that you have done with master classes and speaking engagements, if you uh, choose to do so.
1: Sure. So you can find me on my website, which is www.karenlaus.com. And it's K-A-R-E-N-L-A-O-S.com. And that will funnel you to all of my socials and the book, et cetera. One thing that I will say is that I have a podcast called Ignite Your Confidence. So I'd love to see you there. And I also have a free Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence as well. So those are the places to reach me. And you wanted me to share a little bit or you invited me to share a little bit about some of the work that I'm doing or that I'm looking for. Is that what you're saying? Okay, beautiful. Well, I always love speaking engagements. My passion is to be on the stage and that's what I love speaking at conferences. So I've got a number of things. Boy, the next few months are really busy for me. So very excited to be speaking on some of those stages. And if you're interested in, Looking at me as a potential speaker, you can email me at hello at KarenLouse.com. And I would love to engage with you related to corporate training as well or individual coaching. So any any and all of those things. But my focus is really on speaking. That's what I do most of.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity to be with us because now all of us can be able to learn as to the difference between exclamation point question or have us is this a comma or is this a period so we thank you so much for helping us in those areas and women who rock with success you can meet us right back over to women who rock investigate that's going to start in probably about 15 more minutes
1: so everyone have a wonderful day thank you karen thank you diane